Hey guys, I want to announce that Solomon's Knot will officially be signing off in the coming months. This may come as a surprise to many, but I've been actively partnering with the student ministry on campus, who you'll learn more about in the following episodes. For more information about this ministry, including outreach initiatives to the students of NC State, please visit ignitegenerations.org or check out the show notes for links and other helpful information. I appreciate your faithful viewership and support over these past few years. Your efforts have not only encouraged me to step out further for God, but directly impacted the students of NC State, their parents, and fellow ministers. Thank you, and please look out for more information in future episodes of this show. Welcome to Solomon's Knot, finding truth and wisdom in an information age. Today's conversation will recap our latest outreach at NC State. Friends and partners in the ministry join forces to reach students with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to intercede for a generation desperately seeking truth that is both highly relevant and personally impactful to their lives and journey. Now, without further delay, let's get to the show. All right, cool. So John Barnabas went out. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys saw, what you experienced? Okay. Um, Yeah, there were not too many people out on campus today. I think it was the week before they officially come back, but it was a beautiful day nonetheless. We first got turned down by a couple people that were very busy, too busy to talk, and I guess everybody has to work. That was discouraging. So my faith was decreased, but God came through, and we encountered a guy who was getting ready to hop on his bike for a long ride, something I used to enjoy. And I just asked uh, this man, his, his name was Noah, um, young man, if he'd have time to have a quick conversation, and there would be a little reward at the end for him if he did. So Noah was very gracious in turning down his bike ride for a short period of time to have a conversation. And I don't know, it was probably 20, 30 minutes. I'm not sure that we ended up. Uh, he, he was really into into talking, and he really opened up. He was not a student here, but he lives in the area, and he said he wasn't a student yet, but he's on his way. He's trying to work some jobs now to prepare himself for that, and uh, just at the end of a, a relationship that was pretty hard breaking up, I guess. And um, Yeah, the timing was interesting with him, too, because he had uh, also noted a man, he said his name was John, who would preach out here open air to a lot of the people who were skateboarding around various times and he's encountered him and listened which I thought was fantastic and I said well I think God is really reaching out to you right now and um, we both got the sense um, that his futures he's going to be used by God but yeah so he kind of grew up in Christian home but they unfortunately pointed him more towards universalism like just be good that was kind of his philosophy in life and so we shared some scripture with him um, Barnabas Romans 7 right and we, we walked a little bit through some of the others and, and gave him one of the books. Um, but just, yeah, had a, had a great conversation. Um, got him thinking a lot. And, uh, but yeah, he was very open. So it was, it was wonderful and surprising. Wonderful. Uh, so you had another person on your list here, Barnabas. Did you want to talk about maybe the second person you encountered? It sounded like you encountered some people from your native country. Tell us a little bit about oh, yeah. that. Hello. Uh, today it's a good day for us because we come here to share the gospel uh, in the intercity college. So I'm able to meet my rain people, the same city where I live from Chennai. So from my city, so I'm able to speak my language. I'm able to share about God and uh, we had a long conversation with them, maybe about 25 minutes. And uh, they come here to study for the master studies. And one girl has been finished a PhD and she's, she come here to, for research department. And the other one is going to be finished next year. And I hand over the Bible to them also. Both are Hindu. And we showed this, uh, the good test. Yeah, this one. The Jew asked them, what is this sign also? They, they showed 
showing their god one by one they are showing their god and finally it raises few more questions and they they wanted to enjoy the present they don't bother about the future so about the hell or heaven they don't care about it but we yeah we got the information and i told the young lady that she might be contacted with brother jason the first person brother joe was disappointed because when he approached the couple they rejected us so he disappointed i told him the no more brother and god is going to send some other person no worry about it so while we were walking we met the young guy he was rushing or getting ready to start his car joe asked are you rushed to go no no it's okay so we need a would you like to spend with us he said yes no problem so he came forward to listen to the word of god so finally and uh, brother joe shared several things and i told about the roman chapter 7 verse 13 so people want to do the good things but they are not doing the good but they are doing the bad yeah. so therefore this is the worldly everyone got the same experience and therefore after finished these things he was very happily received the bible and all the, he gave the contact prayed for him joe prayed for him and also he said the next week maybe ex- expect is supposed to be here up here and it was a wonderful meeting with that young man so he wanted to going i think he's going to be join as engineer in the same college so he needs a lot of prayer thank you so much and before we shift uh, so joe and i went we talked to three students one of them was very interesting how about I start with Rito. Rito. Rito is an interesting young man. Uh so we first saw him in the student center. He had characters tattooed on his arm and uh at first I had to do a double take. It looked like they were Hebrew letters and he, and he admitted that they were Hebrew letters. <laughs> he did not look Hebrew, he looked Indian. And so I asked him, you know, what those meant, what the words meant. He said, "Well, he he didn't know." He just said it looked cool or that it was something that he wanted to experience spiritually. So, you know, not not believing that God wastes anything here. So we we said, "Hey, you know, it's interesting. Um I think we could probably help you understand what that means. Do you have a few minutes?" And he said, "Yeah, I have a few minutes." And then we started talking about Jesus and then conveniently his dad was calling them. So he didn't have time to talk about Jesus, but we did get his info and he did seem open to wanting to have the conversation. Seemed a little excited. I would say that was more of a favorable encounter, but I did actually take a picture of it and we're going to get it deciphered and see what those words mean if i don't know maybe there's something providential there and then joe would you want to talk about jacob a little bit so we we ran into this uh, young man jacob he is a sophomore here and i think veterinary medicine or that's what he's moving toward is become a doctor for animals and uh, and ended up that jacob is a christian he's a believer and he's involved with crew jason got some questions adam about the morality of animals that can be eaten not eaten where did he stand with that because there's a lot of organizations that condemn any death of any animal so we wanted to see where he was at and he really couldn't answer them because I don't think he's really thought of the moral issues I, I was going presuppositional apologetics route right so but he confessed that he really didn't hadn't thought about those and he but then in along in that when he was answering he said you know I am a Christian and we shifted our conversation and uh we got him to say that he's part of crew on campus and that he and a few guys they gather in the dorms not yet because they just came back but they've been gathering in the room for a little bible study i think he felt that these first two years were good been focusing on his studies but i think he felt i haven't really had much involvement with people and what am i doing he wants to really make these last two years here impactful for the kingdom and to make an impact in people's lives so we were really jumped on that and just encouraged him to be more bold in his witness rather than being silent a silent witness which is what he's been we really encourage him in a way that's compelling not offensive but can really speak the name of Jesus to his 
friends here, his fellow students. And then we wrapped up with, uh, I prayed for him. And then Jason gave a prophetic word to him. We use that word because he goes to a Baptist church. So we uh, offered an encouraging word. So that was Jacob. And he gave us his information. And I think he'll be glad for a follow-up. Just based on his words, I saw him and actually had the same thing happen in my walk, kind of like Gideon hiding in the wine press. You know, I, I don't know about going out and reaching. I saw him that he was kind of nervous or anxious. So it just really encouraged him to really get plugged back into the ministry that was familiar to him, not to join what we were doing. But uh, did you guys even get a chance to hand out cards from? Yeah. So, you know, we, we had some cards from Rasho, Christine, and other ministries that we were handing out because, you know, we believe in cross-pollination and, and just supporting other ministries that are involved in this. So I would say the last student I'll mention is very interesting. We kind of got the whole spectrum here. Uh, we had some people that kind of said no, kind of shoot us off and other people have just kind of given us the, the non-answer, you know. I did see a lot of people wanting to talk but maybe a little afraid that they might have to do something different. They might have to change life. And then we just saw some people just kind of blew right by, you know, they got the headphones in there. They're completely oblivious or I think deep down they probably know we're trying to talk and they just didn't want to engage. Uh, so we prayed for them too. That's the key. We don't just write people off. We pray for them. Uh, so I want to talk about Faraz. This is an interesting young man. Probably one of the highlight of, of today next to Jacob. It's a couple of things that stood out. So he was walking through the tunnel and we asked him if he had a few minutes. He actually took the headphone off. He wanted to have a conversation. Uh, we found out he's a graduate student. We'll have his uh, info on the voices so you could check that out when you listen to this uh but what's really neat about him is so he's an atheist agnostic he grew up as a hindu or he grew up islamic okay yeah i think he grew up islamic faith and then i think he renounced that faith and then he started really observing what was going on in the hindu culture and observed a whole bunch of different religions and worldviews so he had landed on that there is no god or, or god is disconnected from him and we went more the evidentiary route brought up origins of life brought up love as a metaphysical or philosophical concept where does that come from and it's funny how i had mentioned about the intuitive nature of a mother and a child. And he laughed because I was like, isn't it interesting how there's no way we can measure this? I think he was like an industrial engineer. So he was very big into like yeah. measurements and, and statistics. And, and I thought it was interesting how he kind of laughed because he like your mom calls you whenever you kind of got something wrong. He's like, yeah, she does. So there's there was almost an open door for mystery. He was actually pretty well informed. He knew uh, some of the leading atheists in uh, apologetics uh, debates. So he was familiar with some of the leading figures there. And uh, I saw there was some glimpses of hope there, potentially some doors maybe for a conversation. He did actually know one of the students that we interviewed earlier, uh, Rito, so it might be an open door there. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really good conversation. And by the way, Barnabas, I did ask him, uh, he, apparently he is on a visa for school for, for potential work opportunities. So I did say I would want to reach out to him, get some more information for your son as well. So that was a prayer. That was a prayer heard, received. So praise God. And um, wow, so amazing. So we saw some walls come down. We saw some open doors. People were ready to receive some well-timed words and maybe just more encouragement. And we also saw some people that rejected the message and maybe the messenger. And um, that'll probably lead into the second part of the conversation is, uh, what do you think were some areas that you learned or grew from or maybe some approaches that we could have, in hindsight, maybe improved on? What do you think? Yeah, one thing is we did, I don't know if I mentioned we used the God test. Last time I used it was in a shopping mall scenario. And so it was a different dynamic. Oh, yeah. So the God test just, it's question-oriented evangelism. It's got a picture on the front with a lot of different symbols of different world religions. And so it's kind of a nice icebreaker to get people to identify with something on it. Um, actually, the people that we talked to last um, identified with many of the images that I had never seen before. And it turns out that there's many gods 
gods that uh, are part of the Hindu faith, yeah, pantheon. So basically the first question is, do you believe in God? And based on the person's answer of that question, you either flip to one side or the other and start going through another series of questions. So there's a series for the theistically minded and there's a series of questions for the atheistic or agnostic that are very different, but they both lead to the same endpoint, which is the gospel and prayer. This one was difficult and I'd say maybe I chose the wrong side with the one, the girls that we were talking to. You know, they identified with the fact that there were gods or some kind of spirit or energy, but not necessarily a personal god. So we went down the theistic track, which didn't make a whole lot of sense once we started talking about things like heaven and hell and, you know, do you feel like you have an obligation to this God? It's like, well, no, because it's impersonal force. So I think maybe having the reverse track would have been more helpful, but it was good conversation anyway. And so I'm glad we did it. It's a good learning opportunity. When I gave the Bible, I young lady said she already had been studied in the English medium school and Catholic people gave Bible to her and also they taught about rosary, rolling the rosary. And she maybe a 10% believing in God but 99% she is practicing the Hindu system and uh, I hope this Bible will help her to understand more because we didn't talk much about God but we made a wonderful uh, friendship the conversation which built us so next time she will definitely she will accept us they are very near to God they are not far from so what I felt in my spirit I was sharing with the Joe we need a lot of people to do this work here we see some rejections or appeared to us, it makes us disappointment, but it's not the end. We need a lot of workers and also we need to spend more prayer. We need, personally, we need to pray a lot before we come here. So let the Lord open the door and open their mind to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we need. We don't want to do like an intellectual, like what we know. We, we pray a lot. That's what I felt because my ministry started by the outreach. The outreach ministry has become the church and I became a pastor. So outreach ministry is the basic or elementary we start to preach the gospel to the people. That's what I felt in my spirit. Amen. Thank you. Barbara, I think you're right. And maybe something, if we gather again here, we can just spend like a half hour, an hour praying together. Prayer really sets the tone. But I was most excited about Faraz, to be honest, because he was grew up Muslim. As he came to the States and he started to really look into what's going on, he made that turn. And now he's an agnostic atheist. He's not sure where he stands. But I think he's open to follow up and to continuing a dialogue because he's watched these debates. So that says to me, if he had no interest, if he was firm in his belief, he wouldn't be watching these debates. I think we made a, an inroad to him where I think he's going to appreciate a follow-up. Jason pointed to the his podcast that he might listen to. And so I would say Faraz in his 20s, early 30s, he's going to be one. And I'd love for you to meet him before you go back to India. A few points and we'll close out. But I would say not everyone had the full breakout session with Christ when he was doing ministry. Sometimes all people had was a healing or an encouraging word. Maybe they heard a sermon of him preaching in a temple, um, but the disciples were always on the move and they were evangelistic. So those outreach ministries become opportunities to preach, teach. Definitely saw a lot of win here. And, you know, we all want to see the, the walls fall down like Jericho and people give their lives to Christ in the spot. And I think that maybe that's part of where the prayer comes in because, you know, I was fasting up until yesterday and I got undisciplined. And, you know, to be honest, I think 
that does matter individually and then corporately as we do more and more of these outreaches uh, because it is spiritual. As the vessels, we either can be a word, an emotion, or sometimes even just a half step too early, too late from someone surrendering because they are looking at the vessel and making a judgment about the God instead of looking at the word and knowing God for themselves and then examining if the vessel matches up with the word. And so it's kind of like we can show them a portrait of love and speak the words of truth in life. But I think that's my personal biggest critique is I let a little bit more on the intellectual because that's just my natural habit. We didn't really get a lot of access to some students. We kind of got shooed away. We had one favorable, one maybe yet to be seen. And so what I didn't experience though, and I think this is a win maybe at all, is we didn't have anyone that was hostile that, uh, you know, wanted to provoke uh, so I think that there's still faith in the land, but maybe we just need to, to help encourage them to take that next step towards discipleship. But all around, I hear a lot of good fruit. And these are what you would expect kind of doing raw evangelism on the spot, just encounters with people. I think that we don't honestly always see the fruit from it. Some of these people may just be another contact away from accepting Christ as Lord, being invited to a church, uh, from reading the Bible themselves, and they have access to the word and only God will know the fruit from that. So I'm really proud of you guys. Thank you for showing up and for being a part of this incredible experience. So hopefully to do more of these in the future. Thank you for listening to another exciting episode of Solomon's Knot, a production of fourcampus.org and its related partners. For resources and information, including active fellowships on the NC State campus, please check out our community page of the website at four, that is the number four, campus.org slash community. For common questions students ask, including conversation points to engage with students, check out our questions page. So until next time, this is your host, Jason, signing out. Peace.